Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. All three of the scripture readings for this weekend speak to us about a theme that I don't think we spend enough time talking about, and that is God's providence. God cares for us in a very specific way. He guides and directs our lives. Providence is a theme that touches people deeply. People sense it. They know it. In fact, they rely upon it. God is providential, which means he is all-caring for each and every one of us. Now, when we talk about God, it always seems that we talk in an abstract way. We all believe God exists, but God is thought as some distant figure away from us who doesn't bother himself with the particular things in our life or who's not worried about what's happening with us today or tomorrow or the next day. But that's not true. If you look at the Bible from the very beginning to the very end, from Genesis all the way to Revelation, you see this theme of God's providence taken for granted. It's everywhere in the Bible. God's providence is not something that is distant from us. In fact, it's close to us each and every day of our life. God is the one who holds us in the palm of his hand. Go to Psalm 139. It says, Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is even on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. You encircle me and you lay your hand upon me. That is a classic definition of God's providence for us. God knows our coming and our going. He knows everything about us. See, that's the biblical vision of God's providence. Now, with that in mind, turn to the second reading from Paul. Paul writes, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, we all know the cross was a terrible instrument of torture and death. And yet, what did Jesus embody on the cross? Well, essentially, the fundamental, absolute trust in the will of the Father. Jesus did exactly what the Father commanded him to do. And he knew it. Even at the very moment of his death, Jesus still knew that he was in the arms of God the Father. That's why, right before Jesus dies, he says, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Jesus knew that he was cared for, even at the very end of his life, and that the God the Father would care for Jesus even in his death. Well, we too are cared for, and we are provided for by the will of God. Now, with that in mind, turn to the gospel. We hear that classic story of Jesus sending out the 72 disciples on mission. And yet, before any of that took place, the 72 spent time with Jesus, and they were formed in his teaching. And now they're ready, ready for mission. We have to realize these 72 disciples, they represent all of us. 
We too have spent time with Jesus. He too has formed us in his teaching as well as in his sacraments. And so now we are ready to go out into the world and live out our faith. Now listen to these instructions that Jesus gives the 72. They're very applicable for us right now in the 21st century. Jesus says, Behold, I am sending you out like lambs amongst wolves. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't think that's very encouraging or even reassuring. But stay with that image of lambs and wolves, which means when we live out our faith, there's times in which we're going to face opposition. There are times in which we will struggle to live out our faith in this world. As Catholics, we go out as lambs or as messengers of the virtues, messengers of peace and compassion and charity in the midst of a violent and unforgiving world. And that was seen, you know, just firsthand in the past couple of weeks in the ruling of the Supreme Court on abortion, how our church was viciously attacked. Well, if we go out into this world as lambs, it means we can't rely upon our own power. Rather, we must rely upon God's providence and the direction of God has as we live out our faith. Jesus continues. He says, carry no money bag, no sack, or no sandals. Well, some people, when they travel, especially by air, are gripped with anxiety. You know, you go to any airport, especially O'Hara in Chicago, as soon as you come into the airport, you feel a sense of tension. People are nervous there, especially now more than ever, when it's, we wonder whether or not our flight will be canceled or take off on time. People are nervous about other things. You know, do I have enough money? Do I have my ticket? You know, is my passport up to date? So they're naturally filled with anxiety when they travel. But deep down, after a while, we reassure ourselves. We say, you know, I know I packed the right clothes, and I know I have enough money, and I know I have the hotel reservations. But Jesus' instruction, carry no money bag or sack, he means a suitcase. Now, can you imagine arriving at an airport? You have no money, no suitcase, no change of clothes. All you have in your hand is a ticket to go to some city that you have never been at, here in the United States. Well, how is this possible? Only if you live with a radical trust in God and in his divine providence that he will care for you. Jesus continues. He says, stay in the same house, eat and drink that is offered to you. Well, as we get older, we essentially get set in our ways. It's hard for us to adjust to things as they are. Now, when we are young, say in our early 20s, we're very flexible. We can adjust to certain conditions rather easily. But the older we get, yeah, we get set in our ways. We tend to want things in a certain way. For example, with food. You know, we want breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We want it at certain times, and we want a specific diet. Or just staying at a place. We want a hotel that is safe and clean and has accommodations. But Jesus is telling these disciples they have to go to a strange town, live in a stranger's house, eat whatever is set before them, and accept whatever hospitality they offer them. Now, most people would say, oh, come on. You know, we could never live a life in such a way. 
But even if we could, it's not going to be easy. Well, here Jesus is telling the disciples just that. Now, what is he really telling the 72 and us? That we have to have a deep sense of trust in God. That God will care for us now and always. You see that sense of trust throughout our church history. I'll give you a couple examples. Ignatius of Loyola, after his conversion, he felt a deep calling to go to the Holy Land. Well, at that time, he was in Spain. He had no money and he had no connections on how to get there. Still, he set out. He made his way on foot. He slept outdoors. From time to time, he had to beg for money and for food. But through God's providence, he made it to the Holy Land. Now, to this day, the Jesuit novices imitate Ignatius. You know, part of the Jesuit training is that the novices are given a little bit of money. And they're told to go to some place. For example, to the shrine of Our Lady de Guadalupe in Mexico. They're given enough money for about a day, $30, $50, and then they're told that's it. You have to make it on your own. And so they're imitating Ignatius in his radical trust in God's divine providence. But even earlier than that, you have the Irish monks from the west coast of Ireland. They would get into a boat and have just enough provisions for a few days and then allow the boat to float adrift in the ocean, praying the whole time that the Lord would show them exactly where to go. And wherever they landed, that's where they established their monastery. Now, the monks were without any means of navigation. They didn't have a rudder. They didn't have oars. They simply submitted themselves to God's divine providence, and off they went, trusting wherever they were going, they were being led by God. Therefore, the lesson is pretty simple. It is so important for us to trust in God's divine providence, that God is speaking to us in encounters that we have, in people that we meet. As followers of Christ, you could say there's an elemental attitude that we must have to trust God's providence, that it's present in our daily lives. Turn your lives over to God. Say to the Lord, Lord, you guide me and direct me. It's not my will that matters, but instead it's your will that truly matters. See, that's what it means to surrender to the divine providence of God. One last thing. Turn to that first reading. It gives us a wonderful image of what providence looks like. It's the analogy of a small child in their mother's lap, completely depending upon mom and trusting in mom's care. It says, As nurslings, you shall be carried in her arms and fondled in her lap. As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you, says the Lord. That, I think, is a beautiful picture, a beautiful portrait of what God's providence looks like and how we must completely depend upon it and trust it each and every day of our life, that God is close to us and cares deeply for us. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.